You're at the Over or Under Show. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. And man, it's a crazy world we live in. It has no shortages of rabbit holes. I'm not scared of rabbit holes. If you're not scared of rabbit holes, this show is for you. Let's see if we can jump in one and make our way back to the top. Well, hello, you're on Over and Under. It is Friday, July 1st, 2022, and we are coming up on the 246th birthday of this great nation. Yes, I did say this great nation. I have always felt privileged. Yes, I use the word privilege to be a citizen of this great nation. And yes, I know that there's a lot of citizens that do not feel that way. And I would say that most of them, if not all of them, were born in this great nation and have no idea how great a nation it is in comparison to the rest of the world. Rather than listen to people's rhetoric, I think a better indicator visually are those people that are pouring over our borders and are representing 160 different countries around the world. Because the word is out, if you want to get into this country, you go to the southern border, even people from Cuba because they're probably going to get cut off as they try to approach Florida, but they make a trip to South America, Mexico, they can come up through the southern route where when they get there, they'll be met, given a cell phone, and uh, at their convenience, they will meet with our immigration. I guess they'll go from there. Like I said, I have no bad feelings towards them whatsoever. They are just taking uh, advantage of a situation that shouldn't be there, and it is causing us to be unsafe and evidenced by that horrific incident where all those immigrants died in the back of that truck, that sweltering heat. I think it was over 50 that died in that that incident. Yeah, that's that's really not a good thing. I wish that uh, the president and the vice president would rethink their policy on our southern border, not to mention all the uh, damage that it is doing to those farmers and their crops and putting those people in danger. So yeah, it's been 246 years since those 56 signers in the Continental Congress got together and signed the Declaration of Independence. Now, we refer to them as patriots, or again, some of us refer to them as patriots. There's been a big revision in our history, and they're being looked at in a much different light, but they're still patriots to me. But to England, they were treasonous, and this was an act of sedition. Had the United States lost the Revolutionary War, every single one of those gentlemen that put their signature on that document would have been hung. Yeah, if you could jettison Liz Cheney in that January 6th, I guess you can call it a committee, I don't know, I call it a circus, but if you could send them back to 1776 to find out who was responsible for that seditious act that occurred on July 4th, 1776, they would have had no problem because they would have had a document that lined out all their grievances against the country and why they were separating themselves from that country. And they would have had the 56 signatures on that document. And again, it would have been much of an investigation. It would just be a matter of rounding everybody up and executing them. Liz wouldn't have to find a 20-year-old female who may have worked around somebody who may have heard somebody say something that somebody else said. No, she would have had the actual document in her hand. If the Continental Congress had had FedEx, they would have overnighted it to her and she would have had it the next morning. You know, concerning January 6th, I want to be quite honest with you and I, I really am still trying to make out what happened that day because I'm not real sure that that was an insurrection. 
when you start comparing it to the founding of this country, I mean, they had a Continental Congress. They didn't meet on July 4th. They'd been meeting for, for weeks, if not a couple years prior to all that going on. I'd have to go back and revisit that history to give you an exact number. But I can tell you that they had met several times. The writing of the Declaration of Independence, as you well know, was mostly done by Thomas Jefferson. He brings it back to the Continental Congress. Uh, there were a few revisions to it. And one of the biggest revisions was the strong language that he put against it uh, concerning the institution of slavery. And I wish that he could have gotten that in there. That would have saved us a lot of trouble. And, of course, you would know like a hundred years later, we would have the great American Civil War, but the seeds were planted. I think they wished that we, we could have come to a meeting of the minds in a much less uh, drastic way than a major civil war within the country. But back to January 6th, referring to it as an insurrection seems to be very, very exaggerated. I mean, there was over 120,000 people that showed up for that Trump rally, if that's what you want to call it, and not all of them participated. It just seemed that if it was going to be organized, that they would have been well-armed. I mean, you look at the Continental Army when they declared their independence, and they knew that Britain was coming over with their full force, and cannon was met with cannon, musket was met with musket, cavalry was met with cavalry. That whole event looked very, very chaotic to me. It did not look like it had a purpose. Once people got inside, it looked like they were just roaming around. Nobody made any moves to get hold of a representative. At best, they interrupted a government process. I'm not really sure what was going through the minds of those individual people who showed up for January 6th. You do have some organizations that have been brought forth, the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. And less than 20 people have been charged with conspiracy to commit sedition. Did a dozen people really think that they were going to overthrow this country? And before I say one other thing, I do not agree with what happened on January 6th. And I think, I think most Republicans, most conservatives will condemn what happened on January 6th. But I think yesterday I, I had made the comment I would really like to know the socioeconomic makeup of these people that showed up on January 6th. And then after then after I recorded the show, I was like, you don't have to wonder. A quick Google search will probably render that. So let me, uh, let me share this article that I came across. The article was entitled, The January 6th Insurrectionists Aren't Who You Think They Are. It was written by a professor, Robert A. Pape, P-A-P-E, of the Political Science of University of Chicago. This article was written on January 1st, 2022, cause, so it's, it's about a year after the insurrection, if you will, of uh, January 6, 2021, and it follows 501 people. 716 people have been arrested up to this point, and of 501, they were able to get the data that I was interested in, and that was, what did these people do for a living? Were they just bums? Were they white supremacists? Were they crazy people? Not quite. A bunch of white-collar occupations, including doctors, lawyers, architects, and accountants. According to the graph in this article, 28% were white-collar, 28% were business owners, 22% were blue-collar, 10% were self-employed, 7% were unemployed, 4% were student, and 3% were retired. Professor Pape gives us a sampling, and I'll just quote him directly from the article. It says they were people like Jenny Cudd, owner of a floral shop and formal candidate for mayor in Midland, Texas, 
who stayed at the pricey Willard Hotel the night before breaking into the Capitol. Bradley Ruxdales, the CEO of a data analytics marketing firm, Congencia is the name of his firm, Jeffrey Sabal, a geophysicist from Colorado, Luke Russell Coffey, an actor, producer, and director of films from Dallas, and Federico Klein, who lived in Virginia and worked as a special assistant at the U.S. State Department and had a top-secret security clearance. Now, January 6th, this is exactly why I referred to it yesterday as a harbinger of things, things that were coming. I think bigger things are coming. When you've got people such as a floral shop and former candidate mayor of Midland, Texas, when you've got a guy who had a top security clearance in the United States, I mean, these people, they're, they're not Antifa. They're not crazy people. These are sane people. And when you see people get involved in a movement like this, you got to believe this, this runs very deep, and this is not over. This is a representation of culture very much, I would argue, similar to what we were looking at the founding of this country, which we had amongst those signers, you had doctors, lawyers, farmers, merchants, pastors, and doctors. Yeah, as I said earlier, what was going through the minds of those individual people involved in that January 6th, and I'm going to call it a riot, that's, what I, that's the way I feel about it right now. It was a riot, at best, a four, four or five hour riot. Unfortunately for them, it was a riot that took place at the Capitol building, which takes on a whole different meaning than when you burn a, an American city to the ground or you burn a police building down. Uh, maybe they thought at very worst that they would get the same treatment as the rioters that they'd been watching for well over a year. It wasn't like they were going to take over Washington and maybe in their very distorted minds thought that this would be handled in the same way. Many of them just left, went back home, and went about their lives. And, of course, you know the rest of the story. The FBI traced them down through geo-tracking and other sources, uh, had, had family members and other people report them in. All of a sudden, somebody shows up one day, and they're arrested, and they're hauled off. And it's a... Uh, it's a whole different kit and caboodle. I mean, you've got people that have lost businesses. Some had served some serious time. Some will serve some serious time. But I do not think that they were aware of what they were doing. Unlike the signers of the Declaration of Independence, they knew that they were putting their life and their property on the line when they signed that signature. They read the document. They knew that they had agreed on a course of action. There was no confusion. Unlike January 6th, it just looks like absolute chaos. It looked like it had no direction, had no end game, came there, messed the place up, and they left. Absolute assumption on my part, but I'm, I'm thinking 10,000 troops around the Capitol building, and those people do not even get close to the stairs. You know, I had a friend that asked me, he said, Ed, are you watching the committee on January 6th? Now, he's He's a progressive. He's very much the, the Democrat, and he knows I'm very much the Republican. I am a conservative. And I told him, I said, you know, I, I, I did turn it on when it first came on, but, you know, seeing Liz Cheney doing the opening statements, I realized how the rest of it was going to go. He said, you tell me you didn't watch it. No, I did not watch it because I knew it was going to be an absolute circus. And I said, well, let me tell you what's happened. They've already said that it's a, it was an insurrection, then... Trump is a duty head and horrible president. We're going to impeach him again. And, you know, he just kind of laughed. 
But, you know, that's truly how I feel about it. I mean, you could tell it was not going to be a serious endeavor. So I did break down. I broke down a couple of days ago because they were bringing a star witness in, and I just couldn't imagine who this star witness was going to be. I figured it would be a high government official, but it was a 22-year-old, some type of assistant. Her name was Cassidy Hutchinson. And literally, the girl is passing second, third, and fourth-hand information where if Liz Cheney and that committee were very serious, they could have got the first-hand testimony from those people involved, those ones that were involving the Secret Service, that, that incredible tale that she told that took place in, in the president's limousine where he wanted to go to the Capitol, and the guy driving said, no, we're not going to do that, and evidently Trump tried to choke him out or something, and the guys involved with that said there was nothing remotely like that happened, and they were willing to come and testify to that. You know, I got thinking about it. You know, is she a plant? I mean, when you think about what a circus that committee is when the Republicans have no representation, you say, no, wait a minute, Ed, they've got two Republicans on. they got two Republicans that absolute hate Trump. They hate everything about him. The, the Republicans were not allowed to put their people on that committee. Now, the, the two that they kicked off, uh, Jim Jordan and Jim Baker, I believe his name was, when they wouldn't let those two participate, then that's when Meadows made the question. It's like, you know, if that's going to be the way it is, then none of us are participating, which I, I agree with that. It just took all legitimacy away from that committee. If they were, if they were serious about allowing any type of seriousness be taken about this committee, they would have let those representatives from the Republican Party be on that committee. There would have been cross-examination, and you wouldn't have no silliness like this going on right now. But the more that I thought about Miss Hutchison's testimony, I was thinking to myself, is she a plant? Did somebody plant her from the Republican side? Yes, I told you I'm a Republican and I'm a conservative, but I was just thinking to myself, uh, what an incredible thing to do. If I, I don't know, I, I might even consider doing that. Put put somebody in there that just sell, tells you all this silly stuff and then come back and just show it to be an absolute farce, as the committee is. So, I mean, it was so crazy and those two guys spoke up so quickly it almost looked like it was staged i would not i would not be surprised if to come to find out that the republicans encouraged this young lady to testify knowing that she would kick the put the straw man up there and then they would come kick the devil out of it i mean crazier things have happened i mean politics in washington dc they do some crazy things but when you're dealing with a silly committee like this you can get away with doing such things so Again, for if this is your first time ever listening to me, this is why it's called Rambling Fridays because I'm talking about stuff and making assumptions and accusations. And, I mean, there's nothing to back it up. But, again, it was just so crazy that she would give second and third hand information knowing how easy it would be to refute it by the people who are living today uh, unless they end up dead in the next couple of weeks before they get the opportunity to testify. I'm, I'll, I'll be surprised if uh, Liz Cheney brings them in to testify. That would give it some type of credibility if they did. They might as well. 
they might as well because they've already told it. It's out in social media. It's being reported on the news networks. They might as well bring in those two Secret Service guys and let them put it out there. You know, I also touched on how fragile we are right now. And I say fragile, but we've withstood a lot of things. We withstood that uh, Revolutionary War. I mean, those guys had no idea. They were taking on the strongest force in the world at the time. That could have went the other way. And then we had the Civil War, which we did. We tore completely in two, and it was put together four years later. We survived that. Our Constitution was intact. And, you know, you've got to believe coming through those two things alone, we can come through the other side of this. But, you know, I talked about Chuck Schumer calling out the Supreme Court justices. You have an undermining of a co-equal branch of government by another branch of government. That's, that's pretty scary. But, you know, I was listening to that podcast, and I had a lot to say about uh, Democrats, and I, I pointed out Chuck Schumer. And so what do I think about Donald Trump? I'll, I'll tell you this. If Donald Trump ran today, I would vote for him. If, if Donald Trump was running against Biden, I would, I would vote for him overwhelmingly. But I do have some criticism for Donald Trump. I hope he learned something from January 6th because he could have done a lot more. We were—it was January 6th. We were getting ready to transfer power. He could have said a lot of things. He could have said something like, you know— we're going to support this transition, but we're going to continue to look into what happened during that vote. We will continue with our investigation, but I'm asking everybody to be supportive uh, of the new, the new administration, to calm down, let's put our faith in the government, because I don't think we have gotten to the point to where we need to overthrow this government. And even people like Thomas Jefferson said from time to time, uh, you might have to overthrow the government. We're not there. We are not there. And those people on January 6th, I don't believe that they had the intention in their heart of overthrowing this government. They may have been trying to stave off or to delay a government proceeding, a very important one, and that is the transfer of power to the duly elected president. But as disappointed as Donald Trump was, he could have put the country first. Did he lead an insurrection? I don't believe that. I do not believe that. And I don't think they're going to be able to prove this. And I know Garland is looking at all this uh, stuff going on with this sham committee. Uh, That's going to be a proof in the pudding. Even somebody like Garland, I don't believe that he's looking at this and thinking we've got a case against Trump. I very well may be eating those words very shortly because I think he would like to But he is also someone who knows the law, and he's got to be grimacing at these hearings. Because some people think this is legit. They think these accusations are are true. And Garland is probably thinking, man, they're going to be looking at me to do something. Now, I will tell you this. What could cause me not to vote for Donald Trump again? I think if somebody asked him straight up, is there anything else that you would have done different on January 6th? Do you think you would have had a different message for your supporters that day, if he looked boldly like he so often does into the camera and said, you know what, if I had January 6th to do all over again, I would not change a single solitary thing. I would definitely be looking for a challenger within the Republican Party. We have a lot of talent. We have a lot of depth on the Republican Party. And if he were to say that there was nothing that he would have done differently that day, there's I, I really could not vote for him. 
Now, if Trump does run again, man, I hope he learns some lessons from his, his first president. It was a good presidency. I loved his policies. But I hope he learned a little bit about dealing with the powers in Washington. Uh, he can do much better than that. Uh, for one thing, if, if Pelosi is still there and the powers to be are still as they are towards him, he should walk in the very first day and by executive order just go ahead and impeach himself three or four times. Maybe he could get with Nancy and find out how many times they would like to see him impeached over that time. And they won't have to tie up resources. They can take care of matters of the government because it could. it's just going to be the same thing. They're going to have one allegation after another, one investigation after another. And unless he has a filibuster-proof Congress, it's, it's going to be all for naught. And I know President Biden is dealing with some mental faculty issues going on. But, man, he had the possibility of going down as one of the better presidents. I mean, all he had to do was uh, get by COVID, let that uh, economy open back up. But, no, he just he sabotaged himself. I mean, shutting down the pipeline, opening up Russia's pipeline. To make a miscalculation on how important to national security fuel and energy are, that's you just can't you can't excuse that and then to tell the oil companies that you are going to put them out of business i mean they've got to be feeling like they're on shaky ground so i don't know let's wait and see i i expect that the republicans will take the uh house and the senate up can they take it over in the numbers that they need to that i don't know if they can't get a filibuster proof congress i would say they would be best just to lay low and let the Democrats continue to do what they do. I, I hope that I can afford that. I hope I, I hope I can survive another two years of Democrat rule because, man, it's, it's tough out here. you got Smithfield bacon going for $13 a pack. You've got your fuel. It's over $5 a gallon. People's 401ks have dropped 20 to 30%. Yeah, from a Republican strategy, you might want to just let this place go a little bit longer till there is nobody left in the United States of America who believes that the leftist policies is the answer to the United States. Matter of fact, it's a it's a poison to America. It's an anathema to America. I mean, it's just not compatible with America. And Biden and Democrats went into office and they did a 180 on every one of President Trump's policies. Now, that might have felt real good, but you're dealing with the outcome of it now because on top of doing away with his policies, it looks like we have done a 180 on success, and we're failing. We're failing badly. So I don't know what's in store for this country. I've shared with you before that it concerns me so greatly that we have turned away from our traditional American values, and those were good things. God, family, and country, those are good things. We've been through our struggles. I wish that Thomas Jefferson was able to keep that part in the Declaration of Independence, that language against slavery, and it would have been done away before the birth of this nation, but that was not to be. They were men of their times, and they did the best that they could. But we have literally thrown the baby out with the bathwater. This country has been through some dark times. The, the founding was a very crazy time. Civil war, as I said earlier, civil rights. And now I would say we're at a turning point. I don't know if we will turn back to our roots or we will continue down this very leftist route that it seems that we're on. I don't know if this country will in large part ever turn back towards God because we're smarter than God now. We don't need God, or so we think we don't. 
but it was none other. I think it was uh, John Adams who said that this is a Christian nation. At least he thought it was, or this government was meant for a Christian nation, and it could not prosper or continue to exist without being a Christian nation. Again, I would say that we are past that, but every now and again something happens, like those uh, two commercial airliners going into the World Trade Center. Seems like you couldn't find enough people to pray or turning back to God. Funny how that happens, isn't it? When it feels like all your power is being taken away and there's you've lost all kind of control. I guess it's like that soldier on that battlefield calling out to his mama. And you have something like 9-11 comes out, you call to your God. You don't call out to your financial advisor. You don't call out to your congressman. You don't call out to your president. Your first message, and I believe it's a very smart thing to do, you got one phone call like you do in jail. That message going straight to God is a good place for it to go. You know what? And I have absolutely no reason to believe that the President of the United States would ever hear my little podcast. But by some strange way, if he ever would, or somebody's listening that could talk to the President, Mr. President, do not let your pride get in the way. You can still do the right things. You are the President of the United States of America. It's sickening to hear you talk about how Putin is making all the calls for our country. You are the president of the most powerful country in the world. Let me make this suggestion to you, too, concerning the oil companies. If you truly think that they are sandbagging or not doing what they need to be doing for the American people, why don't you call them on it? Let them drill where they want to drill. They want to drill where they want to drill because they know where the oil is. They know where the most accessible oil is. You could still be a solid year and a half, maybe two years out from them even doing anything after announcing your full support. But just the president of the United States getting behind that, the prices would drop immediately because the market would have to respond. They know we have oil and they would have to respond in kindly. They would have to go to work to try to produce oil so cheap that it would not be worth our companies going after it. So, Mr. President, be our president. As for our senators and our congresspeople, also getting tired of you talking about the Supreme Court, why don't you do your job as a Congress, as a Senate, because you are the legislative body. You've got nobody to be angry with other than yourselves. You might not like the process, but rather than trying to diminish a co-equal branch of government, why don't you just simply do your job? Because if you pass a law, it will be held up within the Supreme Court. Get to work. Do what you're supposed to do rather than acting like a bystander. And I am very happy to see that it looks like the Supreme Court is going to be reining in some of the power of these regulated uh, organizations such as the EPA. You know, the Congress has been scooting for a long time, not doing their job there also. They let these agencies that were not elected by the people pass what is in effect legislation. And some of them are crippling to businesses. Some of them are very hurtful. You let these agencies make their recommendations to Congress, and y'all do your job. You vote on them. You make them law. You take responsibility for them, other than saying, you know, hey, I wish I could have done something about it. But you know that, you know that EPA, they, they just do what they do. No, no, it doesn't work like that. It's not the way that our Constitution was made. You are our elected officials. Do your job. As for the listeners, you being citizens of this country, please be involved. Try to make yourself educated as best you can about the issues that are facing us. Contact your congressmen and your senators. I do. I 
I very rarely get a response back from them. I've left a couple of uh, recordings and actually talked to some representatives, I guess uh, assistants and stuff of my representative. I cannot get uh, any response back, but I will continue to try and uh, I will do my best to make sure someone gets elected that will be responsive to, to me. At least, at least return my call or, or send me an email. And I'd also like to make a plea to the citizens, regardless of what your affiliation is, secure the vote. We need to secure the vote. And having uh, all these boxes and all this extended voting, it's not good. It's not good for the, the faith, for the citizens to have. If you're on the left and you lose an election, we don't need all these discrepancies in these questions. That, that's what gave rise to January 6th. And it will continue to be very contentious. So we should secure the vote. I've often said that the voting day probably should be a national holiday to where everybody can go vote and make those uh, those votes available to those people who absolutely cannot make it to the polls. Otherwise, it should be rare that somebody casts an uh, absentee ballot. Of course, our military has to do that. But like I said, if, if we need to make it... Uh, as accessible as we can, maybe keep it down to a week. Is is that is that reasonable? And I, and I don't know. I, I swear if it keeps going like it is, we're going to have a voting year. So that's enough rambling for this Rambling Friday, Friday Ramblings. And, uh, you know, I do. I do appreciate you so much to listen. I, I do hope you have a really good 4th, happy 4th of July. And uh, be civil towards one another. Be nice to one another. And we'll find our way somehow or another. I don't know how we're going to do it because the right and the left seem so far apart but we've been much further apart and i've got to believe that there's a way and i haven't given up i haven't given up on this country i have not given up on its citizens you might think that sometimes by some of the things that i say but i really haven't i promise you that i haven't so i'll go ahead and uh, stop it right there i'm out like a scout and until the next time we can get together on over and under bye